Hey, and welcome back for episode 38 of the PATH Podcast. I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. And we are excited today. Um, we're going to dig into a kind of a really deep topic today um, after we talk about what the handle is from this past week uh, as we finished up uh, our study in Galatians. Um, as we're leading up to Easter this week, it's a big week for us, obviously. Um, but Derek, if we could, for just a couple of minutes, talk to us about... Um, what what is kind of may, maybe give us an overall handle from Galatians? Um, I think I know what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but let's uh, let's talk about that for a few minutes. Well, and the, yeah, I mean Paul gives us the handle fairly easily. He, six is a, a summation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he wrote these in chapters anyway. It's just a letter. <laughs> right. So really, chapter six is our designation uh, over, over the centuries. Um, Bible scholars and all that. Yeah. But we're acknowledging that he has um, that he's winding down or really wrapping it all up together, mm-hmm. right? Um, and summarizing, and and I would say uh, it has been his refrain the entire time was, yeah. "This is not about you. This is about Jesus." Yeah. And he continues that, and he basically says, "That's not. It's not about me," you know. Um, verses 11 and following, he says, look at what large letters I'm writing with in my own handwriting. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not using my transcriber. I'm not using my, you know, my, uh, the person that's dictating, I'm dictating this to you. This <laughs> is me writing this to you. Um, and that um, this is not about you. It is about you bearing um, in your own life, in, in your own faith, uh, the marks of Christ being represented in you and through you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of been what we're talking about all along is that um, you you should live your life fully trusting in Christ and His works, not your own. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, this week we talked about the marks of Christ. And three in particular, it's just Paul. I mean, it's not like I created it. Paul, I'm <laughs> right. just reading the text, trying right. to explain it. But Paul talks about the importance of bearing one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love that because he's he's putting the onus on the people in the body of Christ to say, listen, as soon as somebody else is being led astray, I, I've done all I can do. Yeah. you gotta you got to help yourselves. You know, it's like parenting when you're, like, talking to your kids and yeah. you're like, listen— uh, you're in charge of yourself, and then I need you to help your siblings, right? Yeah. Everybody help each other. You know, uh, no one's in charge here. Mom and dad are in charge here, but you are in charge of yourself, and you yeah. need to help each other, in in whatever situation, you know. And it's right. like that's what Paul's saying is like, listen, I've done all I can do, um, and I'll continue praying for you. And this is what I'm about. And you know, if I can come visit you again, fine. But he's like, you're gonna have to bear each other's burdens. You're gonna right. have to bear the burden of spiritual vitality in your in each other's lives you know yeah and uh we shouldn't be surprised about that because christ did that christ bore our burdens christ bears our burdens and expects us to do that as well right um and then you know the the mark of um sowing for eternity not sowing for now you know and and that is very directly, you know, adjusting to, you know, what are you doing? 
you know, sowing to earthly things, which circumcision and trying to follow a list of rules, those are just earthly things. They're temporal. They'll pass away. Right. Or are you sowing to the Spirit and what He wants? And we shouldn't be surprised that that was the whole reason Jesus came. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to bring eternity and whisper eternity into the hearts of of man. And so that's, that's what we should be about. Yeah. Yeah. Not being concerned with what can I do now to better myself or secure my own situation here on earth, but what can I do to serve others and help others to find eternity like I have and live eternity out in my own life, mm-hmm. you know? And then the final mark was uh, to boast in Christ. Yeah. Um, and that's what Paul said. He says, I I don't boast in my own abilities. I don't boast in my own anything that I've done. I boast only in Christ and what he's done. So um, if, if you kind of have to boil it down, and I think it boils down the whole thing, is that this is about Jesus. This isn't about you. And you have to live out your life fully trusting mm-hmm. in him and what he's accomplished. Um, and man, if you think about it, like, um, as Paul said, my righteousness is as filthy rags, right? Yeah. Like what I can do is worthless. Yeah. In my own strength. And but what Christ has done is true righteousness. Yeah. It's complete righteousness, you know. And what what we'll talk about a little bit later is holy, unique. Yeah. It, it's beyond anything that we could ever dream up or accomplish in our in and of ourselves. Right. Know? So. Yeah. Yeah, Any thoughts that you had on that? Yeah, the like the thing that sticks out to me, um, to your point, uh, talking about uh, Paul talking about, hey man, you, you've got to, you guys have got to take some ownership here. Um, it really sticks out to me in verses seven and eight of uh, Galatians chapter six, where Paul says, "Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his fre- flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life." Um, and it's really, like you said, it's a summation of everything because, you know, the Galatians have this pressure on them from these outside forces of, no, 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 you got to do this in addition to believing in Jesus. Um, and Paul is just saying, hey, listen, this is not as difficult as you guys are making it mm-hmm. out to be. You either follow Christ or you don't. Like, that that's it. it that's as simple as it is. And if you follow Christ, you're going to reap eternal life from that. If you don't follow Christ, you're going to reap corruption from that. And... Um, and, and I think that you're right that Paul really couldn't. It's almost like Paul saying, "Listen, I, I don't. I, there's nothing else I can say to you. This, this you you got to go do what I've told you to do mm-hmm. now. You got to go do what Christ has 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 commanded." And um, and I think that's while that may not be as um, flowery as you might mm-hmm. want to hear, mm-hmm. it's it's the truth. It's the, that same thing is true for us today. Yeah, you either got to go follow Christ yeah. or you don't follow Christ. Uh, now it, it's not easy to go follow Christ. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a narrow road, and few find it, as we read in, in the Gospels. But, um, but you, you have to make the choice: either you're going to follow Christ and do what He has asked of us, or you're not going to follow Christ. And mm-hmm. there's consequences to each of those. So, um, so I think that, that that's a great way to kind of sum it all up. Of, hey, I encourage you strongly: follow after Christ. But you're the one who's got to decide if you're going to do mm-hmm. that or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and I love how Paul just gives his own example at the end and, and says that, you know, um, I bear in my, you know, and Paul was literally speaking about, you know, beatings, whippings, you right. know, stuff that he, um, persecutions. That he, uh, yeah, he had literal scars yeah, yeah, from following scars, Christ. Right. Yeah. 
that that he he counted as a blessing to yeah. f- you know feel like he could you know suffer the same you know go down the same road as yeah. Christ did but but I you know I think uh, you know I pray that you know we never have to experience persecution yeah but I do pray that we would understand that we need to look like Christ mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. and bear his scars bear his marks um, and so yeah I think this has been challenging um, to me just Galatians mm-hmm. uh, I read through it just in, in my Bible reading last you know a year ago I read through it and I thought man this is so good I need mm-hmm. I feel like it we need to get this on the preaching schedule. I felt yeah. like God was saying, you need to preach this. Um, but then it, it just continues to challenge me, you know, yeah. because um, my go-to is um, to think I can do things in my own strength. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, um, man, it's it's freeing to fully trust in Christ yeah. for, and what he's done. So. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I've, I've very much enjoyed this series, going through it, and um, just again being reminded that you can't, we can't do it on our own. We, mm-hmm. we have to trust in Christ to be able to get through this life. And um, and and while that's something that, while that's something that that we know, um, it's something we have to be reminded of from time to time. Oh yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so that that makes for a great transition because something that we also know but have to be reminded of about our God is that our God is holy. And so we wanted to look for a couple minutes today at the idea of holiness, that, that, that concept. What does that mean? Um, how does it affect the way that we view God when we talk about uh, holiness? Um, and so... Um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna let you start, and uh, and we'll we'll go from there. Yeah. So as we kind of conceived of this idea of you know looking at some doctrinal things, mm-hmm. um, you know, holiness was kind of one of those first ones that we thought about thought about. Yeah. Which I think is is important, you know, um, or it makes sense. To yeah. Me, the holiness Absolutely. would be first. Yeah. Uh, and so I I, I like this, um, you know. Um, when we kind of thought about it, it's like, okay, let's try to make this kind of heady topic that may yeah. not be for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, be more practical and, and easy to understand. So right. we're going to try to walk you through, you know, just a theological discussion it, that we would nerd out on, no problem. Yeah. But then kind of bring it back so that... Not to say anyone couldn't understand it, but it's just it can get boring if yeah. you're not into that thing, right? Yeah. Well, and we we have specifically set a timer for ourselves today because we yes, can talk for yeah. an hour and a half easily about this. Yeah, just about this. Um, so, but yeah, so so you know, uh, I was telling Jason, uh, it was funny. Uh, we prepared separately mm-hmm. and then come to the room, and I said, "Dude, I was going to try to like find several different sources." But uh, I could not find, I can't imagine anybody being as gospel gold or as, mm-hmm. you know, golden as Tozer uh, in chapter 21 mm-hmm. of his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. And then Jason. Which I said, you're right. Yeah. So we, <laughs> because, uh, <yeah. laughs> Tozer's so good. We, and we do have some suggestions for other things you could read about. Yeah. 
and when you, we're talking about holiness, you know, there there's several things you can consider or think about. Yeah. You, one could easily go to, what does my holiness look mm-hmm. like? Right. As soon as you, as soon as we talked about holiness, I have the song stuck in my head. Holiness, mm-hmm. holiness is what I long for. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you know, we are humans. Our, our go-to is always to kind of think, well, what. How can I be holy? You know, yeah. I need, I know I need to be. How can I do that? But I don't think that's where you should start. Right. To understand holiness and even your own holiness or, or human pursuit of holiness, you have to understand and learn God's holiness. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that a great reason for that is because it, His holiness is what our holiness is based on. Yeah, we, we yeah. cannot... Well, we'll find this out in a few minutes yeah. as we kind of walk through it and what, especially what Tozer points out. But we can't become holy. Right. It has to be imparted to us. Exactly right. So yeah. so you have to understand the one who can impart it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say God's holiness, while, while there are many attributes of God that are important for us to understand and um, holiness is just at the top. And I don't know that you can, I don't know that you can categorize there's or There's not say, a hierarchy necessarily. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's <laughs> yeah. not a hierarchy. Yeah. But if there were, this would be it because nowhere else, you know, um, you know, our, I think probably our favorite, you know, people, people's favorite attribute of God is that he's love. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowhere in the Bible does it say God is love, 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 or someone is declaring yeah. his love, love, love. Right. So when we see God's holiness uh, represented, it's places like Isaiah 6, mm-hmm. and it says the glory of the Lord filled the temple, right? And the angels, the seraphim were there. They're covering their eyes. They're covering their feet. They're flying, and they're constantly saying, holy, holy, holy yeah. is the Lord Almighty, right? And so holy, holy, holy. Um in, in Revelation um, 4, 5, five yeah. thank you. Around the throne room, yeah. you see again the holiness of God being declared by all the creatures, right? Yeah. The 24 creatures. So, um, or the creatures in the 24 elders. Mm-hmm. So, and it's that same refrain, holy, 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 right? Holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Um, well, and, and to your point, I would argue that he's not those other things if he's not holy. Right. He's not loving. He's not powerful. He's not strong if we don't first understand the fact that he is holy. Yes, they, all those things branch off of this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. though there's no hierarchy, I would say holiness is central mm-hmm. to everything about who he is. Yeah. One of my favorite understandings of this, I can't remember who I read this, but it it helped me to boil it down to that kind of tangible understanding of what is holiness and so this is how i like to describe it like to kids or whatever and i was a kids pastor for a long time mm-hmm. so that was my goal is to say how do i can cons- how to help people think rightly about god mm-hmm. that are small <laughs> uh, people <laughs> uh, pre-adolescent yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and and so my favorite way to describe this and it's limited but it helps boil it down is to say God's holiness is God's uniqueness mm-hmm. or un, his unlike he is his unlikeness. I don't even know that's a word, but that's <laughs> yeah. what I kind of 
moved to. So not just his uniqueness, but his unlikeness. Yeah. God, his holiness, and, and you, you, you've heard this probably, means that he's set apart, mm-hmm. set above, set beyond, all that. Yes. But a simple way to say it is he is unlike anything in mm-hmm. anyone, right? Yeah. Um, any any thoughts just on that, describing holiness, you know, to yeah. begin with, like boiling it down or any Right, yeah. I think I think that in order for us and I, I love the way that Tozer starts this, but I I've said to you before and I may have even said on the podcast before that so many of our problems as humans stem from the fact that we have too low a view of God and too high a view of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um and I love the way that Tozer starts this book, The Knowledge of the Holy, is that we have we have to think rightly about God in order for us to begin to become more like God, mm-hmm. to, to be shaped into the image of his son. Uh, so there's just two little quotes that I wanted to read really quick that I think point us in that direction. But he says, So necessary to the church is a lofty or a high concept of God that when that concept in any measure declines, the church with her worship and moral standards declines along with it. So we have to have a right view of God um, in order to to really grow as a church and grow in our walk with Christ. But he says this also, that left to ourselves, we tend immediately to reduce God to manageable terms. We want to get him where we can use him or at least know where he is when we need him. We want a God that we can in some measure control. Yeah. Um, and I, and the, the problem with that is the Bible and the identity of God, that... God is not a being that we can control. We have we are woefully uh, inadequate to do that, and never were intended to be. Right. Um, and so, one of the things that that to to your description that God is unlike us, and um, not to I don't mean to I'm not trying to belittle anyone or to to stomp on anyone, but we cannot simply think of Jesus just as our friend. Mm. He is our friend. We cannot think of God as not our friend. He is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mm-hmm. But also, he is the infinite, unmatched, uh, unmutable creator of the universe who, as we read in Psalms, is the one who breathes out stars. He is so much higher than us. And I don't know about you, but uh, I've never met any human that breathes out stars. And um, And so I think that to begin this conversation of holiness, we have to get a right view of who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that it's good. It's really good for us um, at various times in our lives to understand how small we are as humans. Um, and and I don't don't do that as a pity party or to to downtrod yourself, but just to it's good for us to have, a proper understanding of scale, I think, when it comes to us in relationship to God. Um, because he is so unique. There is there is no frame of reference for God by himself. That we we cannot fathom how big and and how unlike him we truly mm-hmm. are. Um, just because we don't we don't have anything to compare him to. Yeah. So well and the Verse, the uh, sections of Scripture we've already talked about, Isaiah 6, mm-hmm. uh, Revelation 5. Yeah. What you get there is a view of the transcendence of yeah. God, yeah. how he transcends everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's on, he's sitting, Jesus is sitting on a throne 
uh, with lightning flashing around him, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, peals of thunder. Yeah, peals of thunder. <laughs> yeah. Light, rainbows. Uh, I mean, just that description is, is all inspiring, all striking because of the transcendence of God. But in both of those passages, so you see this matchless God. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, you see Jesus embodying that. Finally and fully there, because yeah. our view of Jesus is mostly associated with him coming meek and mild as yeah. a lamb, right? But Revelation yeah. paints him as the triumphant lion and the warrior, and mm-hmm. and then God on His throne, right? Um, and God is completely transcendent in those passages, yet fully approachable. Yeah, and so um, we are not saying. And I agree with you. That's why we decided to do kind of this segment mm-hmm. is to help you, help people think. Because though it may be boring to you, it's important that we do think yeah. rightly about God. And so it's important that we go there. It's just important that we also don't get too heady yeah, ourselves because we're nerds about it. <laughs> right. Um, but what we see is that though God is all of those things, he has made himself... Mm-hmm. available yeah. to humans and has made part of his holiness available mm-hmm. to be to be uh, imputed or imparted to creation and creatures yeah so and um, you know I'd love to read a couple of quotes from Tozer here in a few minutes too mm-hmm. um, anything else that you know you you know as you're thinking about holiness you know and as we're moving in into kind of you know you know, starting with, you have to think rightly, but then yeah. now what is that holiness? Yeah, so uh, there's a couple passages of Scripture that popped in my mind. Uh, Romans 11, uh, verses 33 through 36, kind of help us to begin to understand um, the bigness of God, if you will. Uh, but Paul says this, he says, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, and who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And one of the things that that I think we need to understand about God's holiness, it should not make him scary to us. The fact that he is so different that shouldn't be a source of terror for us, but it should be a source of awe for mm-hmm. us. That look at this God, look how holy and different and how um, how glorious He is, uh, so that it it stirs up our heart to worship Him all the more. I mean, that's the thing when we when you think about any attribute or or characteristic of who God is, it should never serve as a depressor or as uh, a form of or a, a source of fear or terror. It should serve to have us and help us worship Him all the more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that passage, but then also Isaiah fifty five, um, where God says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways," declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that those those two verses, those two passages. Uh, kind of help us to begin to understand how to how to rightly place ourselves before mm-hmm. a holy God that um, he is approachable 
and yet we should not come flippantly no. before him. Um, he is knowable, and yet we should not get too familiar uh, in the sense that we, you know, you kick your shoes off and mm-hmm. just chill on the couch with the Lord. Um, and so it's it's this weird sort of uh, tension that we have to strike of yeah. how approachable God is, because like Hebrews says, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence, but at the same time, we have to have that right understanding of how holy and massive God mm-hmm. is. Yeah, so. yeah, and and I would say when you begin to see people encounter and and, and maybe awaken to this understanding yeah. of who God is, mm-hmm. it's people like David when he's out. And you know, on a, a hillside or a mountaintop or something, you know, with no light pollution, and, and mm-hmm. can see the Milky Way and and you know thousands of stars, yeah. and um, and says, "Who am I that you would consider me?" Right, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you get this idea that he understands how small he is, right, in comparison yeah. to who, who God is and how big he is. Yeah, I mean, you see the same thing in, in Isaiah, with, yeah, with Isaiah's passage. I mean. In uh, in uh, Isaiah six, where he comes face to face with the holy, transcendent mm-hmm. God, and his response is, "Whoa, yeah, uh, I have come in too flippantly. Yeah, woe is me." And yeah. um, and and I, and I think that it, we we need to have those kind of encounters mm-hmm. with God when when you get to really get a glimpse of how big God is mm-hmm. that to help us rightly rightly view Him. So. Yeah, and even when you know the shepherds encountered. Um, the angels yeah. who who were imputed a sense of mm-hmm. God's holiness, yeah, uh, because they shone brightly, His glory mm-hmm. was on them, those kind of things. They were tar- terrified, in mm-hmm. other places too, right? So, um, and, and you know, they had to say, "Don't be afraid," right? <laughs> right. So, which you know, if if yeah, um, it's it's not. Angels probably don't look like what we conceive <laughs> no. them to look like. They don't look like little cherubs yeah, that we see on Michael, Valentine's Day. Michelangelo's uh, Sistine Chapel. <laughs> yeah. Probably not what uh, what um, angels look like. Right. So, <laughs> so when you saw them, you would be. Listen to what Tozer says. I love this this paragraph. Neither the writer talking about himself nor the reader of these words is qualified to appreciate the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. Quite, quite literally. A new channel must be cut through the desert of our minds to allow the sweet waters of truth that will heal our great sickness Mm -hmm. to flow in. We cannot grasp the true meaning of the divine holiness by thinking of someone or something very pure and then raising the concept to the highest degree we are capable of. God's holiness is not simply the best we know, infinitely bettered, we know nothing like the mm-hmm. divine holiness. Yeah. It stands apart, unique, unapproachable, incomprehensible, and unattainable. Mm-hmm. The natural man is blind to it. He may fear God's power and admire his wisdom, but his holiness he cannot even imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another way to say, like, <laughs> yeah. God is holy mm-hmm. and you can't even fathom it. Right. Yeah, well, that, to to Paul's point there in Romans eleven, who has known the mind of God? Mm-hmm. Who who can grasp who He is? And um, you know, we as New Testament believers have been given an image of who God is through Jesus, right. in that we get this picture. Um, and yet, 
we still don't fully comprehend it because the moment that we're able to fully comprehend who God is, then he, he ceases to be God. Mm-hmm. He is so much different than we are. Um, and, and that holiness, that set apartness, his uniqueness, the fact that we are unlike him is, uh, is something that, that is not to be just, uh, glossed over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if this is true and he, and we, we've, we've said God is approachable. Yeah. Though he is transcendent and holy, mm-hmm. what we're saying is that he's made himself approachable. Right. That's what I'm saying. At least. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But but if that's true, then how? Mm-hmm. How? So how can we know if, if we have to cut a a, a new a new path through the yeah. desert so water can run through it? How can how can we know who God is? How can we approach him? How can we come before him? Um, and that is that. God has made it possible for you and I to be holy as he is holy. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, be be holy because he is holy. Right. Um, because actually God did not say be holy as, as I am holy. Um, because he, he that would be a demand of absolute holiness. Right. And we're what incapable. He says, yeah, we're incapable. He says... Be ye holy, for I am holy. Yeah. Right. So God has made a way for creatures, angels, uh, creation, and human beings mm-hmm. to have His holiness on us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and that is the expectation. Right. The expectation is for people to be holy, to enter into the holiness of God. Right. Right, that was the whole idea of the the holy of holies in the tabernacle. You know, to enter there, you had to be set apart. Right. You had to be approved. You had to have uh, created, you know, done, you know, received sacrifices and, and all that to cover yourself, mm-hmm. so that someone could go in. If they went in unholy, yeah, they died on the spot, right, and were ripped out of there. Yeah. So well, and I, and I think the. A good point to bring up here uh, is one that Tozer makes, uh, but he said it's not like God made this list of here's the standards mm-hmm. and this is what you should live up to. Um, but I love what what Tozer says here. He says, "Holy is the way God is. To be holy, He doesn't conform to some other standard. He is that standard. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely holy with an infinite, incomprehensible fullness of purity." That is in or that is incapable of being other than it is. This mm-hmm. is who God is, and right. because that's who He is, He's we are able to um, try to attain that standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something that we can do on our own. Uh, it's something that we that has to be given to us. And I think this is a great tie back into uh, this Galatians series that we've just finished. That there in um, in Galatians chapter three at the end and beginning of chapter four, that anyone who has been baptized into Christ has put on Christ, and mm-hmm. so we've put on that holiness yeah. that is not ours; it's somebody else's holiness that's been given to us. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. So, then how do we receive that? Mm, yeah. And we receive it by to use that passage by being baptized into Christ, mm-hmm. being saved by Christ, being right. changed by Christ. 
and receiving his uh, righteousness, his imputed righteousness, uh, his imputed holiness. Mm-hmm. It is not ours. It's an alien righteousness, an alien holiness that mm-hmm. is not only imparted to us, but imputed into mm-hmm. us, right? And so yeah. now, literally, my uh, righteousness, Derek's, would be as filthy rags, but it is not my righteousness that God sees. Yeah. He sees Christ. Yeah. It is not my holiness or lack thereof, utter lack thereof. Yeah. It is Christ's holiness yeah. That's on given me. to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Tozer says this better than I can. <laughs> Um, he says the holiness, this holiness, God can and does impart to His children. Um, well, sorry, let me just read earlier. God is holy with an absolute holiness that knows no degrees, and this He cannot impart to His creatures. But there is a relative and contingent holiness which He shares with angels and seraphim in heaven, and with redeemed men on earth as their preparation for heaven. This holiness God can and does impart to his children. He shares it with them by imputation and by impartation. And because he has made it available to them through the blood of the lamb, he requires it of them. Mm -hmm. So see, it's Jesus' holiness that is made available to you and I. To Israel first and later to his church, God spoke saying, Be ye holy, for I am holy. He did not say... Be ye holy as I am holy, for that would be to determine, or that would be to demand of us absolute holiness, something that belongs to God alone. Alone, before the uncreated fire of God's holiness, angels veil their faces. Yea, the heavens are not clean, and the stars are not pure in His sight. No honest man can say, "I am holy," but neither is any honest man willing to ignore the solemn words of the inspired writer. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Mm. Um, And then he continues on, and I'm sorry just to read a bunch of (laughs) Tozer, but he's just smarter than I am. So, (laughs) caught in this dilemma, what are we Christians to do? And that's kind of what we've been asking. We must, like Moses, cover ourselves with faith and humility while we steal a quick look at the God whom no man can see and live. And he's speaking to Moses saying, hide me in the cleft of the rock, right? Yeah. Um, the broken and the contrite heart he will not despise. Mm. We must hide our unholiness in the wounds of Christ as Moses hid himself in the cleft of the rock while the glory of God passed by. Mm. We must take refuge from God in God. Above all, we must believe that God sees us perfect in his Son, while he disciplines and chastens us, chastens us and purges us that we may be partakers of his holiness. Hmm. So while God is making us what we need to be through sanctif- sanctif- sanctifying us, making which literally means to make holy sanctify, yeah. he's sanctifying us, he's making us holy, and one day we will be ho- holy in his mm-hmm. sight. Um, the Bible says that one day we will be fully glorified because we will be Fully like him. Yeah. Um, we will be like the one who is unlike anyone else. Mm-hmm. And and um, but in the meantime, while he's sanctifying us, Christ's holiness yeah. is what represents us before him. Right. And I man, that's 
beautiful. Absolutely, you know? it is. It's yeah. unreal. It when when you get into the depths of that, um, <clears throat> yeah, it is. Woe is me. Mm-hmm. But it is also. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, thank you so much. And so, um, I think it's important, to, you know, for us to think of the, think about holiness and 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 think about who God is and how we can and should respond to that. Yeah. And I love that David understood this. Um, in his greatest sin, mm-hmm. he came to understand. God, you don't desire sacrifice. You don't desire rote religious actions. Mm -hmm. What you desire is a broken and contrite heart before you, a humble heart. And, uh, man, that will, that along with Christ covering us will will keep us before him. Yeah. That little chapter, man, I love it. Yeah, it's so good. chapter any absolutely yeah no thoughts about that i think you summed it up well um yeah it's it all begins with uh, with getting a right view of who we are and who god Mm -hmm. is and then we begin to work toward uh that holiness of of letting god change us into who he has who he desires us to be Mm -hmm. uh, which i think is is vital so all right, so um, we would love for you to know that um, The Knowledge of the Holy is a great book by A.W. Tozer uh, that's out there. Another great resource um, that I had, too, is a book called The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Um, both of these are, are classic uh, theology books. Um, they're not super simple books <laughs> to, to get through. There's some, there's some deep stuff in there, but it's stuff that we need to understand as followers of Christ. Um, so we'd encourage you to, to dig into that idea a little bit more of God's holiness and get a better understanding so that you can walk with him more closely. Um, but we would love to know, what, what do you think about when you think, when you hear the words, God is holy? What comes to your mind when you hear those words, God is holy? Um, we would love to interact with you and, and start this discussion uh, about the holiness of God so that we all could grow. Um, we, we have not, Derek and I have not arrived when it comes to the knowledge of the holy, uh, the holiness of God. And, and uh, we, we all need to grow together, and we, we'd love to, to have a conversation about that. Um, you can uh, email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life. Uh, you can comment on this YouTube video, or you can comment on the podcast as well. Um, but we would love to know and hear from you. But until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek. We hope that you will join us next time as we continue down the path.